0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is episode 55, and today we're just going to run through the last week of Homestead Happenings, what we're doing, and kind of give you an update. So as you guys probably know, uh, if you're joining us first time today, you don't, so I'll let you know. The, um, The process that we're in the middle of is moving from our place in Alabama, which is where I'm recording right now. Uh, back to the uh, off-grid homestead in Tennessee. And so uh, what we did last weekend is we took the bus, which is the schoolie that we've been building with my daughter, uh, up to Linden, kind of used it as a U-Haul. Uh, it's kind of nice, big, wide open space. So we loaded up a whole bunch of stuff in there and took that thing up to um, up to uh, Linden and the very and it started raining about three quarters of the way through the trip uh, so we get there and we've got an initial hill so just to give you an idea of what we're working with in linden we have a easement that goes up to our actual property and that's three quarters of a mile long uh, we are the only ones that actually live on the easement the other both sides of the easement the properties that that legally have access to the easement actually have their normal access at the bottom of the hill and the easement runs along the ridgeline. So we have this easement. <clears throat> We're the only ones, only ones that live there, so we pay to maintain it. And we had just gotten uh, about five loads of chert, which is kind of like an aggregate gravel mix delivered. And we also got uh, a little bit of dozer work done to kind of Get that thing crowned properly we hope to have this most recent driveway fix last about three years it costs us about a thousand dollars every three years to uh to fix that and so that work was fresh meaning that the chert had not had a lot of time to actually kind of compact with itself and create a nice strong uh layer and uh but we were going to give it a shot anyways so what we decided to try to do was uh, we got all the, the other two vehicles up the hill and uh, it was time for getting the bus up the hill. And they're just, we, we didn't, I didn't have enough of a running start. So I got about halfway up the hill and it just bogged down too much weight, too tight of an incline. It's probably about a 15, 16% grade uh, at the top. I kind of refer to it as security hill because you're not getting up that hill uh, without, you know, either a heavy vehicle or a four wheel drive vehicle or knowing what you're doing in a two wheel drive vehicle. And I'm going to hear you coming from the house. Once you get up that hill, I'm going to get, I'm, you know, I'm going to hear the gravel. It's quiet enough there for me to know exactly uh, what's going on on that road. So I get about halfway up the first right. I'm like, okay, so now I've got to back this, you know, let's call it a 20,000 pound 40 foot long vehicle down a driveway that's only about a foot and a half wider than the vehicle itself. <laughs> and I'm on gravel, freshly laid gravel, essentially. And uh, now we'll say between the weight and the air brakes on that bus, it was a lot easier than other things that I've backed down. So I had to back down a uh, boat in a trailer one time. Uh, I had to back down. I've had to back down several vehicles. I had to back down a U-Haul one time. And so to be honest, with the weight and the air brakes, that was one of the easier um, backing down jobs that I've done. (laughs) It didn't slide at all. So that was good. So I get it down. I back it all the way back across the culvert. So now I'm in the parking lot of the little store that's at the bottom of the hill. And I rev it up and punch it again. This time I get about three quarters of the way up and same thing. It just bogs down and I can't get it the rest of the way up. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll pull it. I'll go get one of the vehicles. We will uh, pull it and that'll take enough of the load off where the actual drive wheels can do the rest of the work. Now, as I mentioned, it's raining and this is fresh chert. So the first thing we do is we bring the excursion down. Now the excursion is an three excursion with the six O diesel in it. Uh, it's ready to pull like 11,000 pounds. And, you know, I figure we don't need that much. It it was kind of almost there. Um, so I've got a tow strap, I've got a winch cable, uh, I've got some snatch blocks and we start to get this thing hooked up and the, the excursion just can't get any traction literally as it's coming down the hill, hitting the brakes, it's sinking into, uh, the driveway. Now, A smart person would have just said, okay, that's not going to work. Let's call it a day, get that out of there, and um, we'll try it tomorrow when it's not raining. Uh, Sometimes I'm not a smart person, and I went ahead and decided to try to move forward with it. And all we did was dig four holes in the driveway with the tires, with the off-road tires on the excursion. Uh, So then I couldn't get the excursion out and because, again, it's just wet, sloppy nastiness. So then we bring Flatso, which is our flatbed. And the flatbed's a 3,500 HD. It's rated for 13,000 pounds. And I'm like, okay, let's, we'll get Flatso to pull out the excursion, which we refer to as the beast. So if I refer to it as the beast, that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, and we'll just, I'll just back the bus down and we'll call it a day. Well, as we're bringing the flat as we're bringing flat. So down, it starts slipping. And so I'm just like, Nope, this is not going to work. I finally got smart. And I decided, Hey, well, I'll just back the bus all the way down. I'll bring the, um, the excursion down behind that. I'll bring flat. So down behind that. And then we'll park the bus at the bottom of the hill. We'll take the beast and, and flat. So back up to the house and we'll try again tomorrow. And so that's what we ended up doing. And so the next day, I take flat into Nashville. I pick up some uh, scaffolding material from a buddy of mine. I'm going to build some scaffold shelving, and uh, just needed a few extra components. Um, my old company, we had some stuff that was scrap. Uh, we couldn't get a scrap yard to take, so I just kind of inherited that. But obviously, it wasn't enough stuff to build everything that I needed. So I had to add some components, and a friend of mine in Nashville helped me out with that. So I went and picked that up. And then while I was in town, I went ahead and got a couple more toe straps. I got some more shackles. I I got it to where even if I needed to do three pulleys for mechanical advantage, I was going to be able to get this thing. Even if we had to raise it up the hill eight feet at a time, we were going to get it done. And so as I'm driving back, I'm thinking, you know, the other thing I could do is I could actually take the bus out onto the road and kind of bring it through that Uh, driveway that I met or that parking lot that I mentioned at say 20 miles an hour, then when I hit the culvert, which is kind of like where it transitions from public, uh, you know, store parking lot to private easement, I really punch it there. That gives me an extra 20 miles an hour of momentum from the starting point. And maybe that's enough to get it further up. I didn't think I'd get it all the way up, but further up the hill and then, okay, then I can winch it the rest of the way. And so I get out there and I take the bus out, I drive it down, I gotta drive it about a mile down the road just to get to a place where I can turn a 40 foot bus around. And so I turn it around, takes me an eight point turn to do that. and I come back and I'm I'm going down the main road at about 40, and I'm just thinking I, there's no way I can safely go through the parking lot at that speed. Um, and so I kind of back it down to about 25. And I'm watching to make sure there aren't any cars coming. You know, I don't want to like run into someone because once I get into that parking lot, which is also gravel, even if, you know, if I'm going 20 and I'm in a bus that's loaded down and I hit the brakes, I'm going to slide right into someone. So I'm watching and I've got my abort plan. You know, I know that if someone's backing out of a parking spot or someone's getting ready to turn into chicks, I'm just going to keep going and um, and I'll find a spot to turn around and, and come back and try it again. Uh, I got lucky. No one was moving in the parking lot. So I zip across there, f- hit, hit, stomp the diesel uh, when I get to the culvert, and lo and behold, I make it all the way up the hill. So uh, I was kind of surprised, happily surprised about that because it would have taken most of the rest of the day to get that thing pulled up about eight feet at a time. If we needed to go with the three pulley system, you know, we might've been able to go with a two pulley system and get it up, you know, 20 feet at a time, but uh, I wasn't counting on that. And so, we get, we get the bus up there finally. Now it had been sitting in the sun, absolutely baking all day, zero shade. And so it was probably like 90 degrees in that thing. So I'm dripping sweat by the time I get up and put it in the place where we're going to park it. And then of course I need to get up there and uh, get some trees kind of trimmed, you know, so that I can park it where I want to. So I recruited Ashley to actually go up there. Ashley's the one that's going to be living in the bus. So she actually went up there with my little pruning tool and uh, cut off those few branches that we needed to remove and we got it parked so uh, that gave us some extra time in this trip we also took the dogs and the cats to linden so they live in linden now which is where the off-grid homestead is and the plan was hey we got a bunch of stuff we still have to do down in alabama to get that house ready to list and go on the market as you can see these empty shelves behind me for those of you that are watching the video uh, we are in the process of getting this house packed up so that we can get it listed possibly by the end of this weekend, as I record on Saturday, July the 15th. And so I, um, I got the stuff up there. We went ahead and unloaded the other vehicle and we went ahead and started unloading the bus, at least to get it to where the bed could be made for Ashley. Cause she wanted to sleep in it her first night. And so we got everything kind of lined up and, and got her vents open and her windows open, started pulling some cool air through there to uh, cool it off. And luckily for her, um, you know, it got, it cooled off pretty quickly. As a matter of fact, I had two fans set up. I had one that clamps onto the wall that's kind of like a little personal fan and then another, and, and then a 20 inch box fan on the other side of the bed. And uh, she actually ended up getting up uh, not too long after she you know went to bed officially and turn the box fan off because she was getting too hot. So that was kind of um, a good way to end that day. And so then we had some kind of general stuff around the house that needed to be done. Uh, Then we hit the road and we headed back to Alabama. And so the plan was is that we were going to stay in Alabama for about a week and head back early next week uh, here in a few days from now and uh, just take a bunch of stuff up there and kind of see where we were. I thought we get it. we'd be able to get to the place where Everything else that was in the house could be segregated to the man cave and the garage. Uh, And we're going to kind of leave the man cave set up because we're hoping that whoever buys the house just buys everything in there. So I've got a little bar set up and a kegerator and a pool table and uh, a home theater system. So we're hoping that they just buy that as it is is, and I don't have to worry about getting rid of all that other stuff. (coughs) Excuse me. And so we came back. Uh, we're here for a couple of days. We don't have the full solar array up and going in Linden yet. And it's ridiculously hot this time of year. If, in case you didn't notice, we're, we're going through a unusually, not unusually hot summer, but just a hotter than average summer. And so Dawn's up there. She's kind of throughout the day doing a little stuff here and there, taking care of the animals, getting them acclimated to living in Linden again. And... I get a call, um, I guess it was Wednesday. Hey, the charge verter isn't working. So she's getting, she's generating a couple kilowatt hours a day from the solar panels, as long as it's sunny, and then kind of topping the batteries off and, and keeping those in good shape with the charge verter. And right now she's running the charge verter about every day because we've got four solar panels up instead of 20. And so we have that process going and she is uh, kind of managing the household there and she texts and says, hey, the charge order is not working. I'm getting no power. And so I'm like, all right, great. So we kind of talked about some potential solutions. She did some testing and I just said, you know, I've got this extra uh, Generac generator here uh, that's got the same plug as the one that we use, we're, have been using to charge the batteries up. I already need to get the Big King purple mattress up there. So what I'll do is I'll load Flatso up, which is the flatbed, and I'll go ahead and drive the stuff up there, stay the night, maybe do a little bit of stuff here and there, and then I'll come back on uh, Thursday. And so what we did was just that. Now, I will tell you, when we got this purple mattress, it came in a bag, super heavy, but compact, right? Easy to deal with. Then we unrolled it and let it off gas and expand for 24 hours or whatever. And then it sat on the platform that i built for it ever since then. Moving that purple mattress was a huge job. It is super heavy. It's a king size mattress. I guess it's like 13 inches deep. I don't know what it weighs, but it's heavy. A couple hundred pounds at least I'd say. And it's floppy. It's not like the memory foam mattress memory foam mattress is kind of floppy but it at least will stand up under its own weight and so you can pick it up and move it you know uh so this this purple mattress was much heavier and floppy and so it was a job me and two uh 17 year old and 18 year old girl because one of ashley's friends is here and uh, the three of us got it on flat. So and it was a job, but we got it But we were pretty much going flat or downhill the whole way with nothing in the way. I get it up to Linden and now we've got to go around trees. And because our battery bank from Signature Solar, our, our battery bank is here, but the cage that it goes in, the rack that it goes in isn't here. And so we don't have the batteries in the permanent location yet. We've got them literally set at the bottom of the stairs, which is front in front of realistically the door we should be using to load stuff into the house. Uh, but because the batteries are blocking the doorway, we're coming in through the front door, which means we've got to take it up the stairs and get it into that, you know, on the front porch and into the house. So, yeah, it was Don and I, it, it whooped our butts. We got it in, got the bed made and got the air conditioner in there going in the, in the bedroom because we were both dripping sweat by the time it was done, but we got it in there. I did go ahead and bring some yard tools up and uh, of course the generator. So once I get everything kind of set up, I'm I'm looking at the components. I said, you know what? I'm just going to crank the old genie up and and try it and see what's going on. Got it cranked, got it plugged in charge inverter kicks right on. I'm like, okay, what the heck is going on here? And so I let that run for just a little while. Um, and, um, you know, just again, we're trying to maintain the the health of the batteries here. And so we don't want to burn a ton of gas that we don't need to, but it happened to be a pretty cloudy day on Wednesday. And so we went ahead and ran the generator a bit as the uh, air conditioner was on, cooling the room, room off. And then we went ahead and uh, shut it down for the night, turned the, turned the inverters off, switched over to the itty bitty inverter, uh, so that we could still run a fan and, um, and then went to sleep and went straight to sleep. After that day, Wednesday was a long, hard day, uh, so there wasn't any problem going to sleep. Then, uh, so Thursday we get up, we um, kind of get the old bed, both the old bed from upstairs and the old bed from our bedroom, and we load that up on flat, so because we're going to make a dump run, uh, get a couple of the things cleaned up. And we went ahead and laid out where the posts are going to go for the long term um, solar array. So, where the solar array is going to live long term, we went ahead and got all that laid out. Of course, as soon as I got it laid out, I started to thinking, oh, is this really where I want it? If I put it here, relatively close to the house, and I want to put it relatively close to the house because I want to be able to park stuff under it, right? Like, including potentially vehicles. And, but if I put it close to the house, then I'm going to have afternoon shade from the house on the array. So I'm going back and forth with that. I'm probably going to go ahead and just put it where I want and follow my own advice that I give people, which is put things where you want them. And especially when it comes to solar panels, if you need more, buy more. Okay. So I've got four MPPT charge controllers that are built into the two inverters. And I have another MPPT charge controller Uh, with actually it's, it's a charge controller with two inputs. And actually I have another MPPT charge controller that aren't, those other two controllers aren't being used. They're, uh, they're devices that I bought for testing and they're just kind of sitting around at this point. And so, uh, there's a, there's definitely the ability for me to add on to the array in the event that I need it. And so I need to follow my own advice advice put it exactly where I want Lay the property out exactly the way I want and just add some solar panels here and there if I need to. So that's what I, I think I'm going to do that. But I'm kind of second guessing myself and everything. But so we get done. Uh, we go ahead and make a dump run, throw the beds into the dump. And there you know, uh, the memory foam mattress that we put in there, we bought in 2012. So we've got tons of use out of that. And I bet half the weight of that thing was dust mites at this point. And the other mattress that we threw away was our guest room mattress that we bought, I'm pretty sure in 2013. So we've got plenty of use out of of both of those. And we have two other beds. And so uh, we needed to make room for them. We do have yet another bed here in uh, Alabama where I am now, where I think we're going to just go ahead and uh, say, you know, post it on Facebook Marketplace, free to a good home, barely used, in great shape. And, um, Um, you know, maybe someone that actually needs that uh, can get a hold of it. So I think that's what we'll do with that. Uh, So Thursday, I make the drive back down here to to Alabama. Yesterday, we're still packing. We're packing. We're packing. We're focusing on getting stuff packed up and consolidated into one room. And then we'll slowly empty that room out. And then I'm also working on some outdoor uh, landscaping stuff. So. I will tell you that um, I probably should have stayed on top of the landscaping a bit more. We've been in this house for a little over three years and I've done a decent amount of stuff around the pool because that's where we spent a lot of time, but the front of the house, not a ton of, of attention. And so I've got bushes that are overgrown a little bit and and I've got trees that need to be trimmed a little bit and so it'll probably take a full day for me to just go around and get that stuff done and then I've got one area it, this was kind of like the the disposal area as we're working on the bus as we're cutting stuff out and pulling chairs out and stuff we just kind of dumped it in the back of the bus and since that project took longer than we expected it, that stuff sat there longer than I wanted it to and so I'm probably just going to need to fully redo that whole area just like re-landscape that whole area so not a problem just something to do and uh but yeah no i'm really happy about the um the the progress here Uh, oh i also did get the outdoor uh shower in linden fully functional uh it was mostly functional before but i put a a little bit more powerful pump on there Still not powerful enough. So any of you guys that are thinking about building an outdoor shower and using like one of those portable um, uh, hot water heaters, you have to have enough flow so that you're pushing enough water through so that the water's not too hot. (laughs) So at minimum gas and maximum water flow, the water is tolerable for me, too hot for my wife and the kids. They've got way more sensitive skin. And so, uh, sensitive to heat at least. And so I'm going to have to probably put two pumps together and wire them or not wiring them, but, uh, go into a T. So I'm kind of doubling the flow through there and then I can use the water regulator on the actual device. I think that's going to be the way to go. Um, the other, it, it could be the hose to be honest. It could be the hose that's just too, that's not thick enough. It's a hundred foot hose and it's probably going 40 feet. And so, you know, there's a couple little things like that that I could probably tweak, but uh, I'll do a full on video on that, post it on YouTube and kind of let you know what's going on. The other thing that we've been doing as we're working through this, I discovered that the uh, pipe for the indoor shower is actually busted. So I built the outdoor shower more for convenience than anything else and knowing that eventually we were going to be redoing the shower or you know the entire bathroom and now that i know that the shower in the house is not functional well that uh shower or that bathroom remodel project just became a lot more important so i've got to figure out so literally i've got to get this alabama house sold or at least on the market Uh, and even after I get it on the market, there's a little bit of stuff that needs to be done here and there, but I can do that, um, kind of as it's on the market. And then in Linden, I've got the kitchen remodel to finish. I've got the bathroom remodel to do in its entirety. And I also have to redo one of the porches and I've got an entire solar array to build. (laughs) So I've got a significant amount of work ahead of me. Um, And I know that once I get back, uh, once we kind of get this thing on the market and we get back over there, uh, Dawn is going to start looking for a full-time job in earnest. She wants to get back into the veterinary business. And so once we're back, that's something that she's going to dive feet first into. So there's going to be a lot of information that's going to be coming out about kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it and what the progress looks like. So I hope you guys join me next time. Uh, I'll get a couple podcasts out this week on kind of some more technical information, but I think I'm going to start trying to do a either Saturday or Sunday weekly update. Uh, So we'll see which one of those works out better. Uh, Normally on Saturday mornings when I get up and I'm kind of puttering around, I'm the only one puttering around. And so it's a good time for me to knock something like this out. So with that being said, uh, Oh, I also wanted to mention we got the, the Kickstarter, uh, finished yesterday. And so we were a smidge under $14,000, which would have been 400% of our original uh, goal. So, wow. Can't believe that. Um, I thought we might hit seven, but almost 14. I had no idea. Uh, super huge thanks to Paul Wheaton, to Jack Spearco, to Nicole Sauce, to Tim Toolman-Cook, to uh, Nick Ferguson for sharing the project with their... Um, Audiences, because we definitely got over half of our funding overall came through the special links that I provided uh, to kind of track where that stuff was coming from, and so um, super happy about that, super stoked about that, and and uh, yeah, so now it's time to get started. So we'll probably do a live stream sometime in the next ten days. So the thing with Kickstarter is, is once you're funded, it still takes them a couple weeks to actually. Get the money out to you, and so we'll be waiting uh, to actually get the funds before we buy the last of the things needed. We've bought a lot of stuff already, but we gotta wait until we get the funds to buy kind of the last of the stuff needed to get the actual uh, project filming underway. But we can go ahead and do some tests. We can build one of our test stands, and uh, you know, do some stuff like that. Audio, video, video, video test is going to be a big thing because we want the quality of this to be really good for you guys, and so. Uh, those of you that backed it, thank you so much, uh, had over 250 individual people back the Kickstarter. So that's huge uh, to have, you know, come from no audience and, and things like that to, um, you know, having having four, 250 people trust you uh, to, to deliver something like that. So super humbled on that. Super excited to get started with it. If you guys have any questions or things you want me to cover on the show, email me, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at HackMyHomestead.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Instagram Live. First time I did that. And I'm not exactly sure how to turn it off. Maybe hit this button here. Yep, that's it. Oh. And I'm still on. That was me trying to figure out Instagram.